0: You're listening to The Morning Joe Ranch Show. A dig deep, embrace yourself, and enjoy The Wild Ride podcast. Topics of politics, climate, economics, life, and the pursuit to complain about everything. And you're damn right I'm going to complain about everything again. Um, I'm just going to jump into it like normal. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is um, Jamie Feinstein, who, who I th- oh, I'm sorry, that was a wrong name. Jamie Kilstein. He's a comedian. He's pretty liberal. I'm not a huge fan of his, um, but doesn't mean that he doesn't have some valid points. Um, he he was on the hill uh, which is a really good YouTube channel. I recommend it if you just want like non-biased news. And um, the two people that are on there are usually like the woman on there is a liberal and the guy on there is a conservative. And do they bash their own party and call each other like call their own sides out? And it's a and it's a like that's why I really enjoy it. And they really don't like push out propaganda. It's like. The girl really attacks the the left, and the guy really attacks the right. Really, really well. Really well done. And their interviews are really good. So they had Jamie Kilstein. He's a comedian and writer and stuff. But he he was talking about Matthew McConaughey, um, talking about liberal Hollywood and how you can't talk about God in your. It's like he kind of touched base on like what. Matthew McConaughey said, it's a really good, I'll include the YouTube link to it because it's actually a pretty good interview. It's 10 minutes. And again, I'm not a huge fan of Jamie Jamie uh, Kilstein, but he did say something. He said, we're all getting screwed by the same people. We just see it from different perspectives. And I believe that they want us fighting. They don't, and I believe they don't want us, or I believe they want us fighting among ourselves. so We don't notice them taking our money. I paraphrased it. But he kind of – that's what he touches base on is, like, he's, he was, like, anti-guns. He was all this anti-anti. and he, And he moved and he started to talk to his neighbors more and more. And he realized how many of his friends are actually gun owners. And then he started to dig deeper into it. And he talked about, like, how even with gun owners that he's friends with, he started to realize that it really isn't guns. That everybody's for protecting innocent people. And it's more about just protecting themselves. So he got out of it. He like he seek to understood before he actually like went to understand, like wanted to be understood. And it, I give him a, I give him a lot of credit because we're all guilty of it, including me, where we just immediately don't want to listen. And he talks about, though, how both political sides, we don't seek to look at the other person's perspective. We think we do, but we're really not. And how we're still getting screwed by the same people. Over and over again. And I've been saying that on this fucking podcast. Since I started this podcast. Neither side fucking gives a shit about you. So I'll include that YouTube link. To his. Um, his, his interview with them. Just because it's very very well worth it. To look at. Um, and again. I don't agree with everything he says. But I do think he's got valid fucking points. And I do agree with him on that. And that's where I think it comes from. Um. The next thing I really wanted to talk about, oh man, so more than 500 scientists and um, you're talking about international scholars and American scholars and stuff like that. So 500 of these scientists and scholars have signed the International Scholars Warning on Societal Disruption and Collapse. I know I'm a doomsdayer and you're probably turning this thing off already. Go for it. You do that. You bury your head in the sand. For those of you still listening, good to have you on still. It is a stark warning about the possibilities of societal disruption and event collapse. So there's a YouTube video. It's really short. I'm going to play. It's like two and a half minutes. I'm going to play it here in a second. And then I'm going to include everything in the, all the links that I have for this whole thing. And I just want you to listen to what they're saying, because you and I We could be as Republican or as Democrat as we like, but guess what? It doesn't fucking matter because the system we live in is ultimately going to be the thing that brings our whole world to a screeching halt. And it's happening and they're talking about it. These are actual scientists and scholars that study the shit out of this stuff. So if you're in denial about it and you think these people are just fucking stupid, I have no other thing to say to you except good luck because... To the people that are educated, (laughs) if they know what they're talking about, they're scientists and scholars. And that's in religion too, or it's in whatever you, you know, those people study it, they understand it. Anyway, I'm going to play that here and I'll be right back after. As scientists and scholars from around the world, we call on policymakers to engage openly with the risk of disruption and even collapse of societies. After five years of failing to reduce emissions in line with the Paris Climate Accord, we must now face the consequences. While bold and fair efforts to cut emissions and naturally draw down carbon are essential, researchers in many areas consider societal collapse a credible scenario this century. Different views exist on the location, extent, time, impermanence, and cause of disruption. But the way modern societies exploit people and nature is a common concern. Only if policymakers begin to discuss this threat of societal collapse might we begin to reduce its likelihood, speed, severity, harm to the most vulnerable, and to nature. Some armed services already see collapse as an important scenario. Surveys show many people now anticipate societal collapse. Sadly, that is the experience of many communities in the global south. However, it's not well reported in the media and mostly absent from civil society and politics. Lorsque les médias couvrent le risque d'effondrement, ils citent généralement des personnes qui condamnent la discussion sur le sujet. Les spéculations mal informées, comme celles citant des campagnes de désinformation venant de l'étranger, the repercussions on mental et la motivation do not favor a serious discussion. Sérieuse. That risks betraying thousands of activists whose anticipation of collapse is part of their motivation to push for change on climate, ecology and social justice. Some of us believe that a transition to a new society may be possible. That will involve bold action to reduce damage to the climate, nature and society, including preparations for disruptions to everyday life. We are united in regarding efforts to suppress discussion of collapse as hindering the possibility of that transition. We have experienced how emotionally challenging it is to recognize the damage being done, along with the growing threat to our own way of life. We also know the great sense of fellowship that can arise. It is time to invite each other into difficult conversations. So we can reduce our complicity in the harm and make the best of a turbulent future. So I really like that second to the last lady, how she said we have to actually engage in difficult conversation. I know, I know, I'm a doomsdayer. It's not about that for me. It's like it's not like, yay, end of the world, destruction. It's like it is and and the last podcast I kind of talked about too with um with the whole big oil company against uh um what's his face uh patterson and how he had to fight for 20 something years to prove like the damage we were causing we we vote as as little lemmings we vote against our own spe- our own best interest we all do because we should be overhauling the system and how they brought up the paris accord and all that shit it's like Our country in America, or if you're listening in other countries, because I do have other listeners. It was weird. I didn't realize how many listeners from all over the place. Um, It's disturbing as an American that we just act like we're not doing any damage to the planet. So anyway, I I think that lady saying we need to have really difficult dialogue and come to terms with we may have to get uncomfortable because of what we're doing. I think that I paraphrase that, but I think people are way too comfortable and they're way too afraid to get on. To, to, they're way too afraid to get uncomfortable. Well, you can choose to stay comfortable, but the world's going to make it uncomfortable for you. In a, it's not going to be fun. Or you could get acclimated to it. And that's what they're trying to say is like, we can't stop it. Global warming and climate change is here. We it's just a matter of time before land is not fertile, but we can slow it down a little bit and let current generations live out at least somewhat of a decent life. But see, we're too selfish. We're too selfish. So I'll include the links to that. Again, you could bury your head in the sand. I don't care. I'm just trying to show you guys that there's well over 500 scientists and scholars that are trying to say this shit. And it's like, yeah, you could choose to ignore it but that's part of the problem my next thing i really want to touch base on this i am so tired of i don't know in other countries but in america the fucking softening of our language it's such bullshit what do i mean by that i have an article here from usa today it's from december 27th which was monday or not monday i'm sorry sunday Millions face eviction, poverty, as unemployment benefits expire while COVID-19 relief bill in limbo. I'm going to get in on the the Mitch McConnell thing in a minute, but first I want to talk about this fucking softening of the language. So what do I mean by that? George Carlin talked about this too. I love George Carlin because he talked about a lot of shit pre all this crap that we're going through about 20 to 25 years ago. We can't say starvation, death by exposure. We have to say food insecurity. Or people of limited means. Or the needy. Why can't we just fucking say people are going hungry. People are starving to death. People are dying from exposure. But see we remove the humanity from the target group. So no one can relate to them. So nobody can relate to the poor. Or, or the people that are starving in the fucking streets. Or the tented cities that are in fucking America right now. Jesus go, to, go look at Southern California. I mean, and again, everybody that's like, that's a liberal con- uh, liberal state. I don't give a shit. Liberal or conservative. My state's conservative and we're fucked up beyond belief. But I, don't, I mean, I don't, again, it's I think it's just shitty leadership across the board. And what else bothers me? So modern poverty feeds you with junk and placates you even with cheaper entertainment. But you and the world around you die faster for it. Poverty at another time in human history would cause a revolt on its society. Now it creates an underclass that is tired, unhealthy, sick, uneducated, and therefore easily controlled. I firmly believe that. I think it is ridiculous. Ridiculous. How much we soften the fucking words because we're getting so Nancy Pansy about stuff. It's the same thing with fucking identity politics. And this seems to be a problem with the left more than anything. Stop fucking softening stuff. Stop it. People are fucking dying, starving to death. There are food lines out the fucking door a mile to two miles long. They're running out of food at those places daily. There are people struggling right now with this fucking pandemic. And let me tell you something. I know I'm going to get so much fucking heat for this. But Mitch McConnell could fuck himself. Oh, I know Nancy Pelosi's a bitch. Well, in this context with these fucking coronavirus bills, he's the biggest piece of shit alive right now. Don't don't sidetrack. Don't negate from what we're currently talking about. This COVID relief bill. He is the biggest piece of shit, and I'm so glad I don't care if you like Bernie Sanders or not. I'm not I'm, I mean, I like I said, I like him for certain things. I don't like him for other things. But I am so fucking glad he is putting Mitch McConnell's balls to the fucking fire with this COVID relief bill. He's basically saying, well, if you don't want to pass the $2,000 stimulus checks, which let me tell you, Trump fucking signed off of. All, uh, most, the majority of the House of Rep- Representatives, which minus the fucking conservative side, because of course the people like Rand Paul, who are fucking assholes, and again, you're speaking about a guy that's pretty much a libertarian, thinks Ron Paul's the biggest, uh, Rand Paul's the biggest piece of shit out there, besides Mitch McConnell, who thinks that handing out money to people in nine months of a fucking pandemic that's, you know, unemployment is unprecedented. He could go blow a fucking goat too. What an asshole. So Mitch McConnell is getting his balls held to the fire because Bernie Sanders is saying, "Well then guess what? We're not passing the defense budget bill." Good for you, fucking Bernie Sanders. Finally somebody sticks fucking McConnell's ass into the fire. I am so tired of this old fucking turtle-face guy. And again, I don't fucking like Nancy Pelosi, but at least Nancy Pelosi passed this fucking thing. At least she has some resemblance of a fucking human being. He is an asshole. He is the biggest piece of shit. He's almost 80 fucking years old. Doesn't give a shit about you or me. None of them do, like I said. But in this context, he is the biggest asshole. So I'm speaking to you conservatives. Stop fucking defending him. He is a piece of shit and does not care about you. Quit electing him in office. Ay, ay, ay. But again, don't soften the fucking language. Don't fucking soften it. Americans especially need to fucking hear this shit. It drives me nuts. All right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, scream in your ears or whatever. But he just pisses me off. Okay. The Another thing I wanted to touch base on was the um, Nashville bombing. Um, so Sunday morning was a really, really cool thing to see. Um, so... I kind of wanted to talk about the cops that I saw. So on on the news in the morning, they played, there was five police officers that they showed on the, on the TV. And I just had on the background. I was doing some little work stuff and things. And they showed the police really upset about the situation, how grateful they were that they were able to save as many people. And there was one guy in particular it was really, really touching. He, uh, He was – he had to turn around because he was just really upset. And all of them were, like, teary-eyed. Like, just – it was incredible to watch. It was really cool to see. They were all super young, like, really, really young. Like, in in at least their early 20s, at least. Um, Maybe their mid-20s. But it was a really cool thing to see. Um, And that's one of the things about kind of Nashville that I love is, like, there's still a sense of community. And, like, you could see it in their heart that they were just, like – holy shit how shook up they were from it so it was really incredible i don't know if i I don't have a video of it i sent it to my family because i was like wow this is really kind of powerful to see these people doing these interviews with the media um so i thought that was kind of a touching thing considering what happened here um the internet service is back for a lot of the customers which is good um again i don't you know i don't want to be a dick about it but whatever but um I still think at is a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm just an asshole. <laughs> anyway, um, I just thought the cops were very cool to see them. Um, that kind of empathy was really, really cool to see. That's hard to, to get that. Like, they haven't been jaded yet. So, I don't know. I just thought that was a good one. And the last thing I want to talk about, um, I, I just saw this yesterday, and this song's been out since 2012. I recommend listening to it. I'll include a link to this one too if you want to hear it. I never really heard of any of Killer Mike. He's a rapper of his music. And today I came across it, came up in my YouTube feed, which I was like, oh man, I must be going down rabbit holes. And it's his song called Reagan. And oh my god, it's a bloodbath. I love it. It's just pure. I love it. It's to me, it was like, this is fucking awesome. I never, I can't believe. This song's from 2012. This this just resonates with me really intensely. So I'll include that in my um, show notes too. I didn't want to make this one too fucking long. I made the last two kind of long and I feel bad about it because it's like, you know, it can only take so much ranting and rumbling from every, you know. And, and again, I'm just as big of an idiot as everybody else out there. But I think these points that I make on this podcast are somewhat valid. And it's like, it comes from somewhere and a lot of people don't want to talk about it and they fucking bury their heads in the sand i'm fucking tired of it i'm so tired of it it just makes me more and more angry and pissed off and it's like fine i don't care you know i, I don't know i don't know why i even do this shit anyway it's like i try not to talk politics and it just comes out anyway but i can't help it cuz it's like it it's it changes i like i can't i can check out of the system only so much but if everybody in the fucking America would just fucking realize that these people don't care and everybody started to get pissed off enough we could actually change the system and it's not that it's going to get better but at least it changes it to push it into a direction that might get better. I mean, my God, we're going down a shithole path of destruction. Anyway, so I hope you all have a beautiful day. This week's podcast was brought to you by ConnectGo Internet Inc. Bringing your business to the future. ConnectGo.com